Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free to be effective wherever God has called them. When pastors and churches feel stuck, our team of coaches refreshes their hope in the gospel and helps them clarify their strategy. I'm your host, Alan Edwards, and today on the podcast, we're going to be contrasting two mindsets that are common in churches. The first we'll call the institutional mindset, and the second, the missionary mindset. Now, that's the one we at Flourish encourage churches to adopt if they want to be renewed by the Holy Spirit. You see, when you hear those words, institution versus missionary, what does that make you think? How do you think about your church? Is it an established pillar to which people should be drawn? Or do you think of yourselves as a tactical missionary unit infiltrating foreign soil? Do you and your congregation wake up in the morning and think about themselves as missionaries? Would you like that to happen? Is it frustrating to you that you're not there? Wherever you are, we'd love to hear what you're thinking. So please connect with us on Twitter at FlourishCoach1. That's FlourishCoach followed by the number one. You can find us on Facebook at Flourish Coaching or out on the web at FlourishCoaching.org. Uh, today, Matt Bowling, our executive director, is going to join us to talk more about the missionary mindset versus the institutional mindset. And so we'd like to just invite you to come along, dig in, and explore with us the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. So we've got Matt Bowling from Flourish Coaching here with us today to talk about what is church renewal. Uh, We've been going through this definition that you can find on the blog of church renewal, a process by which God does certain things in the lives of people and their churches. Today, we're talking about the aspect of church renewal that is a new curiosity to know God, the self, and the world. That when God is at work in a church, he, he sparks this curiosity um, that moves us really from that institutional mindset, the we should be here and deserve to be here, to that more missionary mindset. So uh, let's welcome Matt. Matt, how you doing today? Doing all right. This is a fun section of the podcast to talk about because I think that this is um, one of the things that fires me up. Great. So we're talking about churches thinking about themselves as missionary units, but by way of contrast, what's like the opposite of that? I've been using the phrase institutional mindset versus missionary mindset. How do you describe the contrast between where churches often are and where they should be? Yes, I think institutional is good because it tells us that we're more concerned about the organization than the organism, right? So that that we've let organization predominate over organism, um, trellis over vine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that when I think about it that way, I'm also thinking um, maybe on 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 an intersecting um, axis from that, which is do we primarily think about church as a a venture where it's, it's come and see or is it a go and tell? Oh, okay. Yeah. So those are two different movements. By and large, Israel in the Old Testament, come and see, right? Yeah. But the movement in the New Testament is go and tell. That's a line from an old associate pastor that worked with me. And that clarity is really, really good, right? Go and tell. If you're going to go, you have to know where you're going to go to, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell and you want to be understood, be intelligible, Right. Then you've got to understand a lot more about the people, what they believe. Uh, how do they hear the gospel? What do they think the gospel is? What's what are insightful ways of preaching the gospel to them? Again, going back to how Paul preached the gospel in so many different ways, depending on the context. Same message, 
but from a different vantage point, from a different perspective for whatever the needs of particular people are. So Matt, a lot of people have built big churches on come and see big churches that are giving lots of money to missions and charity that organize their people for service. Um, is there, is there something really wrong with the attractional come and see model? Are are we saying there's a hard line between come and see and go and tell? How would you, how would you suss that out? There's a form of come and see that I think Jesus uh, is, is really, really good with. So, um, Jesus gives us, um, I think it's John 17. I could be wrong. Um, but he gives us what is the attraction point of the people of God, of the collected people of God. And the attraction point of the collected people of God is that they have love for one another. So that's the that's where attractional is just fine, mm-hmm. right? That that unbelievers run into the people of God or some segment of the people of God and they go, wow. That's really different than anything else I've ever seen. Um, The world can do entertainment a lot better than the church can. Mm. Every time. We're we're typically 10 to 15 to 20 years behind the world in how good they can be. So if we're trying to win on entertainment value, um, it is unlikely that we're going to succeed in that. What attractional church tends to do is attract a lot of people from other churches. Just shuffling around the Christians from one church to the next. Yes, exactly. And not really um, paying attention to um, how do these people in this zip code um, need to hear the gospel. So one of the exercises I know you do with church, with church leaders is you ask them, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, but you ask them to imagine themselves uh, as a missionary team going to plant a church in a city in a, I don't know, former Soviet bloc republic that hasn't had an evangelical church in two generations. And you ask them to imagine what would you do to prepare and what would you need to, to be thinking about? And you know, how would you act? Um, Why do you do that exercise with church leaders? What are you trying to get out of it? Um, I'm trying to help them realize that they actually know what healthy church looks like, right? By giving them the exercise and taking them out of their circumstance, they can pull, they can, most all of them can pull out the essential elements of what a healthy church that's on mission looks like and feels like and does. I'll ask people, they get it, we'll fill up an entire whiteboard with descriptors about this. And I'll say, would you like to go to that church? Do you think people that don't know Jesus would like to go to that church? And everybody goes, yeah, that would be great. And now at least we've set out, there's where we're headed for. That's where we're trying to go. That's the kind of people we want to try and be. That's what we want the ethos of our congregation to feel like. That's the kind of interest we want to have um, in the community uh, about people that don't know Jesus. And so um, it, it was in the midst of one of these exercises, actually, that a coach who works with us, Wes White, um, said, we were putting up words on the board and phrases. And he said, and he, he just sort of sit back in his chair, very thoughtful guy. And he just goes, he goes, curious. Mm. And it was an awesome moment yeah. um, because why did you latch on to that? I remember you latching on to that curious or curiosity. What is it about curiosity that really got you going? So I think the stance of pride says we already know. Oh, yeah. The stance of humility says, I don't know, but I want to. So that comes across as a between people. It comes across um my mother was a professional mediator for 20 years. And she said, the most powerful question that one human can ask of another is help me understand. 
I don't know. I want to know. I don't have the resources myself to know, but I believe that you have the resources and can help me know. So would you help me? Help me understand. And when those kinds of conversations happen, um, you know, when you go out into a community and you meet people that are struggling and you go, help me understand what would be helpful to you for our church to do in the community. Now we've taken the posture of humility. Mm. We've taken the, like Jesus, we've taken the towel, we've taken the basin, and we've said, how may I serve you? So take a minute and, and illustrate that for us. Describe what a curious church looks like. If I, if I, if I come into a church, uh, what am I going to see in a, in, a, in a church that is having a renewed curiosity about themselves and God and their neighbors and the world around them? Yeah, so I think that one of the things that you're going to see is they're um, they're in, they're investigatory. Okay, right? what do you mean? They're, so they they have decided that we probably don't know our community well, and so they're going to go. Um, they're going to do what we talked about before doing demographic research. They're going to go do some of that. They're going to go have conversations. They're going to go talk to community leaders who know the community well. They're going to talk with other churches and build partnerships with other churches and say. How are you serving the community? What do you find that's helpful here? They're going to go talk to, catch this, it's a little it's a little dramatic. They're going to go talk to their neighbors. <laughs> no, we don't do that, Matt. I know. <laughs> neighbors I are for know. avoiding eye contact with when we get the mail. That's, that's right. <laughs> Close the garage door. Try to meet eyes with no one. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But there is that sticky little wicket um, of the way that Jesus summarized the Ten Commandments. He said, here's the bottom line. It comes down to loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, like, like your real neighbor. Mm. And the only way you can figure out how to love your real neighbor, ethically, the Ten Commandments tell you that, right? But practically, is you have to know them and their needs. And so the Curious Church has begun to go out into its community and find out, what's the warp and woof of this place? Can I give an example? Mm-hmm. We, uh, the church that we was at in Seattle, we, um, we uh, partnered with a, a local community development agency and we would go to some of their meetings and hear about the issues that were going on or whatever. And we were, we bridged up against, um, a, a quite poor area where, um, first, first generation immigrants, uh, refugees were settled, that kind of thing. So it was very, there's much, um, housing values were much lower. There was higher crime rates, um, lots of use of services in the community. Anyway, so. So I went to some of these meetings and, and I found out something that was fascinating and heartbreaking was that um, in poorer communities, um, groceries are more expensive and less available. Mm. And uh, the bus lines, which is what a lot of these folks, that was their transport mechanism, were not aligned in a way for them to be able to easily get to a grocery store, say, to be able to buy fresh fruit and vegetables which is a pretty critical thing for, you know, development of kids, vitamins, all those kinds of things, right? But this was an actual genuine hardship for them, is that the food they could access was expensive, and it wasn't high quality. Mm. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that's a pretty difficult problem that we would have never known about if we hadn't been curious and, like, tried to figure out how, what's a way to go forward to help solve that? Yeah. So, um, I, so I would guess that, like you would say, if a congregation wants to be curious, this is what it looks like. 
But what about a pastor? Does a pastor need to be curious about his congregation? What does it look like for pastors as leaders to to be curious about what God is doing? Yeah, I think both. I think you got to be curious about your congregants and what what their discipleship needs are. We we're talking about I think previous podcasts, right? Um, so that you're in tune with the development of your people and that your preaching and your leadership are tuned towards them making progress in their discipleship. But I think that you've got to be a pace setter. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you don't necessarily have to be a glad hander or be part of the Rotary Club. That that might fit you, right? But I don't want to like lockstep that, that that's the, the only way. The question is, are you growing and understanding your community? And are you um, present? Are you are you learning? Are you meeting people? Maybe you're more of an introvert. Great. Go meet the principal in the school. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Find a local social worker for the Department of Children and Youth Services or whatever it is in your state. Go talk to them. Find out what's the real state of things. Yeah. Right. Go meet the head of the community development organization. They'll be blown away that somebody from a church wants to meet with them, but they're going to have really, they're really going to know what the deal is. Right. Yeah. Um, so these things, these activities, uh, this new curiosity, it's all part of this missionary mindset. Right? Absolutely. If I am an institution, then I belong here and people should recognize me. If I am a missionary unit, it is my job to go and see and understand. Um, so let's say I'm not a leader in the church, but I'm a person out in the pews. How do, how do I wake up in the morning and start to think of myself? like a missionary. Yeah. So I think that one of the ways, um, this is going to sound odd, maybe it'll sound odd to some people, but one of the things that we have, and I think it's in smaller communities too, and I live in the city, but well, we have um, a group that you can be a part of um, online in our neighborhood um, that basically is sort of like the internet version of Neighborhood Watch. And basically it's everything from... Um, Hey, like sort of like a free cycle. Hey, anybody need a bike? I'm just going to put it out by the street. Just wanted to let you know. To did anybody see that car go by? It looked odd for our neighborhood. Or did anybody hear that? Was that an earthquake? Or was that an explosion? Or why is that a helicopter overhead? Or um, why is the traffic so bad at that corner at this time of day? And it's a way of collecting the insights of your neighbors. Any congregant can do that through a Facebook group or through an mm-hmm. online can't remember what the name of the website is, but um, but I think that that's a way as a congregant and actually like get to know your real life neighbors, mm. have them over for dinner. Yeah. Um, hold up, throw a block party. Right. Um, some places there's a all across the country. There's a night that's set aside to do that sort of thing and just be the one who helps hand out the invitations and organize it a little bit. Right. And just what are the collective issues that are in our neighborhood? What do you sense the needs are? How could we help? How could we participate? Um, so back into that pastoral role, if if I'm looking at my congregation um, and I don't see that kind of missionary mindset, I see a real strong emphasis on people should come here. We'll just take care of the people that come here. And, um, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, that more institutional mindset. Sure. And I see that in my people. How do I begin to move folks? What what needs to happen internally for people to catch a vision that the church is a missionary unit and has to go out and be curious about what God is doing and and what's happening around me? So I think there's there's two ways. I think there's one way 
um, through preaching. Um, I commend to just about everybody that walks into a new pastor where they're trying to help bring this about. Preach through the book of Acts thoughtfully. It, it, it raises up so many questions and so many opportunities and so many ways to talk about, well, how would this apply to us? Right. And so it's very natural. It's not forced. It's right there out of the text. Text after text after text after text. Watching the people of God and the gospel expand and us being a part of it. So I think that on, on a longer time scale, right? I think in the individual conversation with people, and I, for those of you that are listening, um, I'm a, um, I grew up in New York. I have the ability to be incredibly blunt. Um, and I have just come to the point where I will just say to people, well, what do you think Jesus thinks about this? Mm. And that's a very interesting conversation segue. Because we get out of what I'm used to and what I prefer and what's been, and we push it to much more of a spiritual conversation. And we find out, okay, uh, so where would you find that? Could you find that in the Bible? Because I'm, I'm struggling to think of where I would find that in the Bible. Now, those are very pushy answers. They're very, you know, that's a lot of sort of strong pushback. But I think that for a lot of evangelical Christians, we say that we are people of the book, right? That the, that the Bible is what, what is our focus. It's, it, what's, it's, it's what determines things for us. But do we actually believe that when it comes to this, of the stance of a local congregation, its posture towards its community? And the Bible has a fair amount to say to it, but mm. it's been neglected. Mm. Well, speaking of uh, pointing people to resources in scripture, um, let's just end our conversation today with some resources. What are what are some things that can help shift our thinking from institutional to missionary, from prideful, I know, to humble, I'm curious? Yeah. So one of the one of the best resources um, that I found for doing that, it's a little bit technical, but it's still, I think, helpful. Um, Redeemer has put out a church planting manual. And one of the things that's in there, you'll hear sometimes we'll quote a, a particular portion of it on the podcast. Um that, that you know how to preach a gospel to a place when you know it's hopes, fears, and dreams. Um, and so I think that that's very, very important. Um, I think also there are some resources that we'll throw up on the blog. Um, some people will say, well, I really don't know how, I'd reach, how I would um, do, do that in our community. And one of our leaders in, in our denomination has uh, written up a document, 99 ways that you can um, minister in your community, something like that, 99 ideas. Um, also put up a diagram from an older book that talks about the different ways, all the different ways a church can intersect um, with the community. Um, I think that, I think the other aspect is um, learning how to do the basic demographics. And so we have a section that we do with churches. Uh, one of the ways that we help churches is we'll, we'll take them through an envisioning process. And a part of that is learning their community. And so we'll we'll put up some material as well from that um, about how to learn your community. Mm, great. That's great, Matt. I think one of the things that I've learned to do is just go be where the people are. It's a little uh, area. That's a little wisdom from Ariel from uh, Little Mermaid. Ah! I want to be where the people are. And in my community, the people are at Friday Night Fish Fries. They're at the 10 different little community parades we have down on the street. They're at high school football games. Um, they're at the coffee shop. They're at the coffee shop. Matt's been to my coffee shop. He knows that I know everyone that comes in and out of the coffee shop. 
Um, and I live in a tiny town, 2000 person town, but um, just going and being where people are. Uh, and, and I think pastors need to be set free to make use of that resource. Absolutely. Now there are pastors who spend all day in the coffee shop and should be off their phones and off of social media and, and doing the things God has called them to do. But there are also pastors who get so bound up by their expectations of their church that they're never free to go be curious and be with unbelievers. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's a mistake because it's very hard to lead people where you're not going. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to lead people where you're not going yourself. Well, hopefully we can lead people for being more curious about what God is doing, that their churches might be renewed by that. Matt, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Great. Do it. Great to have you. Hey, you've been listening to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Uh, what does it mean to move from institutional to missionary mindset? What does it mean to move from we already know to I'm curious about what God is doing around me? You can reach out to us over email. Uh, you can reach our executive director, Matt, at matt at flourishcoaching.org. You can get me, Alan, at flourishcoaching.org. And visit us on social media. You search us on Facebook, Flourish Coaching, or Twitter, Flourish Coach One. That's Flourish Coach and the number one. We'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend so that we can expand this conversation about church renewal. Thanks for listening. You know, we do this because there is only one fully sufficient reason that today dawned. Jesus is still gathering his people and advancing his kingdom. So please join us as we pray for the renewal and we explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church.